0: Monstrous Agonies, episode fifty one. Infections desperate need. Christmas, a lot to be said for a fine set of mandibles. It's time now for our weekly advice segment. First up, a listener trying to protect her son from unkind comments. Let me begin by saying that my son is perfect in every way. And if anyone says otherwise, I'll burn them all to ash. But I am concerned about his hoard. I feel like I should add for context that I am a single mother living near a mostly sapio village. My son and I are the only ones of our genus for miles. The others know better than to intrude on my territory. The land around the village has plenty of prey, we never go hungry, and surprisingly adequate weather for whales. My son has befriended several sapios from the village and is Quite close to them, which may have influenced his choice of hoard. It's certainly an impressive collection, meticulously organized and lovingly curated. But he hoards stationery, specifically pens. I have tried to nudge him towards more acceptable items to collect in the past, but to no avail. No avail, only pens. Oh, the Sapios are very supportive, even gifting him a Welsh dragon-themed stationery set for his hatching day last year, which is now proudly displayed on his bedroom wall. I'm not sure that they're genuine, though. They must think it's a bit of a joke, their friend hoarding pens, of all things. Sure, they all seem nice, but they're hardly going to say anything negative about my son to my face. Sapios are not always as stupid as they look. And no, this is not me getting worked up about a sapio's opinion. I'm worried about what happens when he meets others of our genus. They'll never take him seriously. I can't bear to think about what they'll say to him. At least his sapio friends aren't bold enough to call his horde ridiculous to his face. Hatchlings his age, though, are ruthless and I won't be able to protect him when he's old enough to leave and find his own territory. He's so proud of his hoard too, and I can't find the heart to break it to him that one day he's going to have to grow up and find something more respectable to collect. I'm just so worried about him. I want to protect him and his future reputation. But I also want him to be happy. I don't know what to do. I think you're focusing on the wrong question here, listener. The issue is not how to break the news to your son that he needs to hoard something more respectable. The issue is how you teach him the skills and resilience he'll need if the world proves less kind than you hope it will be. You are clearly protective of your son. I understand that you want to shield him from the various hurts and insults that come with being out of step with society's expectations. But trying to preempt others' reactions trying to mould his behaviour so that it avoids any potential insult before it arises, is fighting a losing battle. Besides, it teaches him precisely the wrong lesson. Telling your son to hoard something more traditional tells him that, actually, yes, he does need to scrape and beg for the respect of others. It tells him that he isn't enough as he is. He can't command respect without sacrificing his own happiness, and he ought to put aside his own wishes and concerns and bend to the will of every hatchling who comes his way. Now really, does that sound like a son of yours? There will always be people looking for reasons to put others down and make themselves feel powerful by comparison. Your son is going to encounter those people. You can't protect him from that. What you can do is give him the emotional resources to make their behaviour irrelevant. Why should he care if others in your genus think his horde is silly or strange? If he knows his own worth, and can take pride in his hoard, and find friends who love him and support his collection, what difference does it make to him whether some snotty hatchling doesn't like his pens? As for his future, he will be far better served in life by a reputation for self-assurance and unassailable confidence than by being known as a weak-willed, self-conscious pushover. Your son's horde impacts nobody. It insults nobody. It disrespects nobody. And it brings him joy. Concentrate your efforts on teaching your son resilience in the face of adversity, building a robust sense of self-esteem and instilling him with the confidence you already have in him. Did you accidentally cause a man to slip and fall from your roof on the evening of December 24th of last year? As Christmas approaches, do you find yourself becoming more rotund? More blessed in the follicle department? Suddenly have an appetite for milk and cookies? You may have been entrapped by a little-known section of the law called the Santa Claus. Kringle-based entrapment is on the rise, and our team at J-Bell, j J-Bell, J-Bell and Rock are ready to help you say, ho, ho, hold it, in court. Get in touch now for a no-fee consultation. Happy members of the Apococorp family. Next tonight, a listener feeling isolated in the festive season. I've been staring at this page for an hour now trying to think how to start. A smorgasbord of salutations present themselves, and I can't decide between this one or this or another. I think a lot about greetings. I imagine myself forming the words on my tongue, tracing the shape of them, buzz those chords, push the breath just so, and say... What what would I say? If I were to meet another person, what, what would I say? Hello is nice, from old German meaning to fetch of all things. Hello, fetch yourself, bring yourself to me. Good morning? What a lot of things we do use good morning for. Now you mean that you want to get rid of me and that it won't be good till I move off. <laughs> Funny how the the time-based ones have their own feeling, isn't it? Good morning. Bright and brisk and let's go. Good afternoon. Sedate. Correct. They'd say that to you in a a library, I think, or a a museum. It's always afternoon in museums. Good evening. Well, that one's irresistible. I don't know when it'll be when you get this. I know you read them at two o'clock on Thursday morning but that's an hour that could go either way. Good morning, technically, but also very much the night. Hail and well met. We are meeting well. We are good at meeting. We are doing it right. Welcome. You came here well. I like that best, but it would only work if the person I'm meeting is coming into my territory, and I'm not sure... Hmm... I was going to say that I wouldn't be happy if they came here and we were two together with no way back to the rest. But two is a world away from one. Two here would be an entirely different proposition. If one could come to me and make me two, I should feel entirely different. I'm... I'm alone... I'm, I'm all alone here. It seems like the world, the streets, the cars, the twinkling decorations. But I can't see who put them up. Whole houses draped in lights. Who hung them? I'm alone here. It started slowly. I was never outgoing. Kept to myself, enjoyed my own company whole weekends inside, then weeks, then months. Post was only ever junk mail to begin with. It stopped first. Nobody phones without warning except scammers, so I never answered the phone, and then it stopped ringing. I tried to respond to those texts and emails that wriggled their way through the swamp of my solitude but it it was hard i was tired i didn't want to so i didn't and they stopped too it grew quiet no traffic hum no airplanes overhead no slamming doors No muffled conversations through the walls. It was a dull sort of surprise when I came out and found the world empty. I didn't even mind for the longest time. I just went back to bed. But I'm... I'm ready now. I'd like to come home. I'm not too far gone, I think. The decorations, I I can see. I'm in the gap, I think. I slipped between spaces. But I've learnt my lesson, I know, I know now. I understand, so can I come back, please? Please? You're not alone in being alone, listener. You have found yourself in an existential slipstream as a result of your emotional connection, or lack thereof, to the reality that you are more used to. These things happen. What's important is how you deal with it. My advice is threefold. Firstly, I encourage you to take care of your mental well-being during this period of isolation. You seem to be ruminating on the negatives, imagining how things would be different if you had company, or begging to be allowed to return to your usual plane of reality. Instead, take notice of the positives. I'd like you to try and find three things each day to be grateful for. You might even write them down and put them up around your house where you can see them in your lower moments and remember that hard as life is right now, it's not all bad. This isn't about denying your struggle or pretending that things aren't very difficult for you right now. But the way we talk about our situations, even just to ourselves, can have an enormous impact on how we feel. If you wake up in the morning and say to yourself, today will be a horrible day, because I am trapped in a hollow, emotionless otherwhere, with no company and little hope of returning, well, you're very likely to find evidence for just such a day. But if you wake up and say, I am here and I will make the most of it, you're setting yourself up for a quite different experience. Secondly, consider what practical steps you might take to connect with people despite your challenging circumstances. Real-time chat may not be possible, but an online forum might provide the outlet you need. Your letters clearly reach their destinations. Why not reach out by post? Write to an old friend, or sign up for a pen pal service and make new ones. You could start with a note to your local library asking for advice on groups in your area. Even a small connection will help mitigate against the isolation of your current reality. I don't know the intricacies of your situation whether it was brought on by a thaumaturgic stress response or perhaps inflicted on you by some kind of vengeful deity. But it seems likely that as you reconnect with the world, the world will reconnect with you and you'll be back to your usual realm of existence sooner or later. That brings me to my third piece of advice, laying down precautions so that this doesn't happen again. When you return, please resist the urge to fall back into old habits. Think of social contact as a kind of long-term medicine that you take to ward off the unhealthy, isolating tendencies you've been prone to. If you feel better when taking your medicine, that doesn't mean you didn't need it to begin with. It means it's working. Stick with it. Keep active, connect with your community, and try to take as much notice as you can of the world around you, especially the positives. You may lapse here and there, slipping into the soft embrace of the hollow space between realities where nothing hurts because nothing matters. But remember, that place is temporary, and your community is here with you open arms for whenever you return. The Night Folk Network, everywhere, every when, on 131.3 FM. That's all for our advice segment. Now, in the wake of this week's midwinter celebrations, our monthly book club is taking a break from its usual novels with The Shortest Day, a poem by Susan Cooper that celebrates. Sheeran and Mozart. Particularly scary. Episode 51 of Monstrous Agonies was written and performed by H.R. Owen. Tonight's first letter was based on a submission by Ghost, and this week's advert came from Sophie. Thanks, friends. See the show notes for how you can submit your own letters, suggestions and ads. Hello and welcome to our latest supporter on Patreon, Evie Bun 125 if you'd like to support the show, you can pledge as little as £1 a month at patreon.com slash monstrousagonies or make a one-off donation at ko-fi.com HR You can also help us grow our audience by sharing with your friends and familiars and following us on Tumblr at monstrousagonies and on Twitter at monstrous underscore pod. This podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 international license. The theme tune is Dakota by Unheard Music Concepts. Thanks for listening, and remember, the real monsters are the friends we made on the way.